we have a very special day, and I'm very glad you're here. Um, we have uh, Pastor Didier from the Congo in California. You don't know how difficult those, we can say those words, but what God has to do to get a man from Congo here. All the years of prepping so his country will release him because he, God has preserved his testimony because they don't let men out of Congo because they don't come back. And the consulate has allowed him to come and he has always come back and he has a word with their government and they believe this man. So uh, it's, he, uh, he's an amazing man and I am so grateful to call him my friend. So we have the Congo side of the Ministry of Compassion for Congo here, and we also have the American side, Pastor Paul Anthos, who you heard preach during our missions month in February. And so I want them both to come up here now, and we want to interview uh, Didier and Paul a little bit and ask some questions, so come on up, guys. And, and then we've asked Didier to break forth the word for us um, in the remainder of the service. Well, welcome, Pastor Didier. Thank you. To this is Grace Bible Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Paul, you've been here before. We love you. Paul and I are dear friends, and what a blessing to have you here again. You encouraged our heart greatly during the Missions Month. Um, out of all those messages that we did on missions, they were all wonderful, but many, many came to me and said, wow, Paul stirred our hearts. And um, we know that was the Lord, wasn't it? This is a, an amazing relationship that these two men have. You can tell they're brothers in the Lord, but they're not brothers in, uh, 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 biologically. But they are tremendously close because God has united their hearts together in a ministry called Compassion for Congo. Uh, so I want to just start and ask a few questions so people start to understand this ministry. This is a very grassroots ministry. They are not widely supported by a lot of churches. Most of them have no idea. Most people don't have any idea what's going on in the Congo because it is not one of your high choices of missions to go to. But Paul, why won't you explain just first how this, quickly, how this, minute, how this relationship came about here together? Okay, quickly. Yeah. Um, He's a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we have a mutual friend, um, DDA and and me and I knew him in Northern California over in the foothills and uh, he traveled to Congo because his daughter was going to marry a Congolese man that she met here and um, there he met Pastor DDA the details are really fun so sometime if you have me over for dinner we'll tell you all the details <laughs> but um, but he met Pastor DDA and he began to the Lord began to knit their hearts together he began to help them. Uh, there, there came a time when Jim ran out of uh, resources, uh, ability to help. So he looked around and he uh, found the poorest church that he could find with, that was just started by, by me and, and uh, some of the wonderful elders up at Community Bible in Vallejo. And he asked us to help. And so we, uh, we said, uh, yes, we, we uh, how did you put it? We have no money, but we mm -hmm. will help you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that was how we, we met. I met uh, Pastor DDA the next year after that when he came to, uh, to our little church. We were the first church in 
Northern California to start supporting him. And um, now there's about a half dozen. But uh, that was back in 07, right? Yeah. In 07. So it's now eight years in. And uh, that's, how we, that's how we met. And we've stayed close. I've been there uh, once. He's been here three times. And I, I'm also the pastor of a church, so I'm not totally free to just go whenever I want. And um, so I've only been once, but uh, he's been here three times. Uh, four times. Four. Yeah, four okay. times now. Pastor yeah. Didier, we have a picture of you and some of the children from the, from the tribe yeah. that you guys are trying to get into. But before we talk about that, tell us about your wife, Annie, and your children. Tell us, so the, so the congregation knows that you come with a, uh, quite a little crowd. Oh, yeah, my wife is doing fine. I have many children, and many people in my country are saying, you, you don't sleep, Didier. <laughs> Too many children. I say, yeah, I do, but uh, um, I have seven children from my own, and uh, I have also a nephew, uh, I, I can say eight children. And uh, apart from them, uh, we have uh, 20 children in the orphanage. Yeah. This is what I can say. My wife is a very kind woman, beautiful. Uh, she doesn't talk much, uh, but she works a lot. Uh, she likes just to work uh, all the time. And right now, uh, she's at the university. She's, uh, she wants to be a nurse. He said, oh, I want to help you also. I want to be a partner of Compassion for Congo. I want to help also. I said, good. And uh, this is uh, in brief what uh, I want to say. If you want to know the ages of my children, there is a prayer card there, a new one, you can have it, and it has the ages, and this is, yeah, what I can say right now. Pastor Didier, tell us uh, uh, your burden for Compassion for Congo. It's, it's a ministry that just isn't children. You're planting churches, you're training men, mm -hmm. you're reaching into tribal areas. How did this all come about? How, how come Luambashi, and how did the Lord move you with, with this whole ministry? Yeah, I could not go to school, I, um, uh, to the university. Somebody paid for me to go to the university uh, for eight years. And um, um, I remember I prayed, I said, Lord, if you help me, I will help others. And uh, in 2005, this is where uh, uh, I received the vision to help the orphans, because uh, a certain time of my life, I was uh, in the street. Um, my mom died when I was uh, eight, and uh, my father got married with uh, a teenager uh, woman. She didn't really know what to do with us, and it was tough, and uh, it pushed us on the street. And I just saw how it's hard, and uh, I kept praying. I said, God, uh, one day, if you help me, I will help others. I met with uh, a missionary in Zambia who helped me to welcome Jesus Christ. She was a missionary, um, a nice woman. Um, and from there, the Lord was just opening the doors. The, the Lord is just very faithful and very, very intelligent. It was just uh, leading me until... Uh, and in 2003, I forgot about what I asked God. 
And when I met with uh, uh, Papa Jim, my, my friend, I call him Papa Jim because uh, he is the age of my father. And um, I share with him, he said, this is a big uh, vision. I don't know how you're going to do that. But the Lord helped us to do that. And uh, to have the vision is something very, very important. Uh, for for God, if you have a vision that can uh, uh, help God to do something, God will do it. This is what is happening um, right now with what we are doing with the children, and we are also planting churches. You you, you know, uh, this is what I'm going to talk about in my preaching. But it's uh, in my country, uh, people are very open to hear the word of God, but we have now many, many bad preachers. They are not really servants of God, but they, are, they, they were very much involved in witchcraft, very much involved in sorcery. Uh, now they don't have clients. They said, let's just uh, hold the Bible, but we will never open the Bible. Just, uh, yeah, they are promising people, um, I don't know, heaven and earth, but in reality, it's just liar, liar, liar. And now we, we said, Lord, um, we are very poor, materially, financially, but if you can push us a little bit, we can help our, uh, many people to hear your word. Yeah, this is what we are doing. We started with one church, uh, another church, now we have three churches. We are planning to have seven churches because in uh, the time of Lubumbashi, we have seven communes. We said, Lord, if you would push us again, we will have one church in each commune. <coughs> now we have three, uh, we keep going. We want to have seven, but with the help of the Lord, uh, I think, uh, this is what we are planning to do. Mm. I think sometimes we Americans think that we have everything figured out, um, and we don't. Uh, and we are the smartest people on the earth. Um, mm. uh, Pastor Didier was raised, been on the streets, and I've heard his testimony. Um, he speaks French, Swahili, and four African languages, dialects. Um, he is listening to us in French and converting it into English to talk back to you. Um, so uh, this man is brilliant, and God has selected him and called him uh, to be a preacher of the word of God. And when you get around our missionaries and you realize the type of men and women that God has called to the field, um, you are very humbled when you spend time with them. And Didier, what a pleasure to know you. Paul, I want to speak to you just a bit from the American side, because... Um, Paul's church took on this ministry. So um, at the end, we're going to encourage you to go back and give to Compassion for Congo today. Um, but Paul's church handles everything from the American side. So Paul, why don't you give us a little bit of understanding so that when we send our monthly support to you, what's that involved with? What are you trying to accomplish? What all does he need over there to run this growing ministry over there? Well, um it started small, as Brother DDA mentioned. We, in the beginning, it was him, and um, then we uh, we got a van, and so we had to raise some money to run the van, 
And then we uh, started getting more orphans, and, but the orphanage was too small, so mm -hmm. we had to make a bigger orphanage. And then uh, just before his last trip, two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, some ladies came down from a, a, a village area, bush area, um, to the north, 400 kilometers, for those of you who speak metric, um, 260 miles or something like that. Now, that's not far, right? It, it only takes nine hours to get there. <laughs> so uh, if you can figure out a road that would take you nine hours to get from here, uh, 260 miles, you'll have some idea what it's like. And they came and they presented themselves to uh, Pastor DDA and they said, we have, we have orphans that we need help with. And he said, how many orphans? And they said, 670. And um, so he, he was uh, just getting ready to come here mm -hmm. at the time, right? Uh, correct me if I get yes. the uh, details wrong. But um, when he came here, we talked about it, and we decided that since we really didn't have any money, we should go ahead and go up there and see if we could help them. And um, because, you know, honestly, if you, if you say, I can't do anything because I don't have money, then you'll do nothing. And so we, um, we went up there when he got back, he, he went up there. I sent out a prayer letter um, mentioning these, maybe some of you saw it, and a, a church in Southern California sent me a check um, the very next day for $5,000. And then they said, and if you'll, if you'll call this phone number, this guy said he would match that and give you another $5,000. And I said, wow, that, that's amazing. You know, that's more money than we've had mm -hmm. uh, in the whole history of the mission. Mm -hmm. And then this church decided to make us uh, uh, Mufunga Village the, the mission, ever, mission project of the month, and they ended up giving us another $22,000. Well, w what we did was we took all that money and we went up to Mufunga and we, uh, yeah. which is where, this is the chief of Mufunga yeah. on the left. Mm -hmm. He came down to the orphanage. Uh, this is taken inside the orphanage. You can see the wall in the background. Uh, none of that was there back when we started, but um, there, there are four buildings mm -hmm. in there. Uh, an orphanage, a church, a guest house. If you'd like to go, we can put you up. And uh, then uh, Pastor DDA's home are all inside this wall. And uh, these are some of the kids that we were able to bring down. We could have brought many, many, many. Mm -hmm. They took the sickest, the ones that they, were, yeah. that they feared would die. Mm -hmm. and, um, and they threw up all over them all the way down uh, from, the, from the village. Mm -hmm. But um, you would not believe the transformation of these kids. It's just... It's yeah, a, yeah, they can see the pictures outside. Yeah, we have pictures of them on the back mm -hmm. table there now. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got pictures of them taken in the village. Mm -hmm. Pastor DDA doesn't like me to show them yeah. <laughs> uh, because they were yeah. filthy and mm -hmm. rags and sick and mm -hmm. uh, covered with uh, skin disease and everything. And, and now they, uh, they look like your kids. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. But... My point in mentioning that was uh, the Lord, we said, well, let's go, let's go try to help them. Mm. So we took a van full of medicine um, and a doctor, 
that we know, a, a friend. Yeah. Um, his name is Dr. Allen. Pray for Dr. Allen. Uh, when we met him, he wasn't a Christian, and now he's coming to church mm -hmm. all the time, mm -hmm. and we're praying for his soul. Mm -hmm. And um, and he um, he's a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. And and I asked him to go up there, and I thought, you know, who in their right mind would go up there, other than Pastor DDA and and someone who wanted to preach the gospel. And he, he said, I'll go. I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and he went, and uh, he even went three more times yes. um, to take medicine and try mm -hmm. to help the children. And so we, uh, the, the chief, this chief gave us six acres of land in the village, mm -hmm. and that's where we want to plant our fourth church. Mm -hmm. And so um, he, gave, he said, uh, I'll give you the land if you'll come up here and put a church and a, um, we'd like a, a school, we'd like an orphanage. With 670 orphans, we need an orphanage. And in the meantime, we're just going to go back when, when this fall, um, actually, when is it? Uh, probably in July or August, we're going to try to go back up there and, and help them again and try to... Uh, uh, feed some of the children mm -hmm. and uh, give them medical care. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when you that's, sit, what, that's what we're doing, right? Over so here. every month, I know you send funds, you wire money yeah. that comes in. So, what does that money cover? Tell tell us what that okay. does. Well, it pays. Uh, we have three pastors. Um, we have Pastor DDA, of course, who has eight children of his own, and who's responsible for the entire mission station that's there and so we 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 send him uh, a salary uh, we pay for the tuition of his children to go to mm -hmm. school uh, send him some uh, money for gasoline because he runs the van and we do the repairs on the van mm -hmm. and we um, we buy a little extra food for people that are starving mm -hmm. rice and beans every month and we have it there if people come and they don't have any food. Then uh, we, we give a, a, we'd like it to be more, but I think we're giving a living, enough to live on to the two other pastors and helping them pay tuition for their kids to go to school. And then because we brought down a bunch of kids from the village, we, we originally imagined an orphanage with 12 children, and we would be constantly adopting them and then bringing in some new ones. But um, what, what has happened is Congo put a freeze on adoptions, and we have had them all now for close to mm -hmm. two years. And as a result, we had to hire three? We have, we have four. Four more people in total four. To, uh, to help do washing and cooking and uh, watching over the kids. Uh, Ani can't do all of that. She's mm -hmm. got eight children of her own to watch over, and then there's another 20. Mm -hmm. So uh, money goes to, to pay them. Uh, we don't pay them a lot, not by, by American standards. It's not a lot. It's, um, it's enough for them mostly to, uh, to live on. And um, then we have some diesel generators, we have to buy fuel for that. We've got a well and, and um, you know, lots of expenses. Uh, it's, it's gone from me sending over there about 2,000 to sending about 
8,500 every month now. And um, honestly, I was telling Scott last night, I said, I have no idea where the money comes from, but it seems to be there every month when I go to send it. So it's just uh, a kindness from God. We're, we're quite in awe of his provision for us since we don't do a lot of fundraising. Pastor Didier, um, your goal is to plant churches so the gospel can go forward, right? So tell us about these other pastors and tell us about some of these men that you're training because God has to raise up men in order to have leadership in those churches. Tell us just a little bit about them. Yeah, right. Um, when uh, we started planting the churches, uh, we had a problem. Who is going to help those people to hear the word of God, the true word of God? That's why I share with... Uh, Pastor Paul, I said we need to start sending them to the seminaries to learn about uh, the Word of God. Um, yeah, this is what we are doing. Uh, the two pastors are going, but we have uh, two more that we are sending also uh, to prepare them. Yeah, because we are planning to to uh, um, to keep planting the churches. Yeah, this is what we are doing right now. Four are going to the seminar to learn about um, uh, the Word of God. But it will take something like uh, four to five years. They are going there, but meanwhile they are also helping. Yeah, I'm there uh, working with them, um, you know, training them. At the same time, they are going to the, uh, to the college. So, Pat, so go ahead, Rupa. Uh, you're training... Every week. Yeah, and every Saturday. <coughs> yes. Yeah, every Saturday I have nice books, um, uh, um, commentary, and uh, every Saturday I'm uh, teaching them also from uh, 10 uh, a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay, so name some of the pastors. What are some of the pastors? Because you have Church 1, they call their churches by Church 1, Church yeah. 2, Church 3. Yeah, Church 1, uh, we have uh, Miki Kanshie, okay. who, who is there. Church two, uh, Stefan Molopwe, mm -hmm. who, who is there. Church three, I'm uh, there, yeah. and uh, there is the elder um, uh, junior who is uh, is helping. As I'm here, is the one who is helping others. So you also need would be helpful too for for America, so we could send people over to help train oh, yes. those men. Yes, I uh, I keep telling uh, that. Too. Uh, it will take me uh, on Tuesday, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday to, yeah, and I will meet some uh, students. It's going to the Cornerstone yeah, Seminary. I them. And uh, I'm going back on the 2nd of June. I will go back with uh, a young man, uh, 24 years old, um, Tyler. He will spend uh, eight weeks with me there, but his plan is to go to the seminar here after to come and... Uh, Help me also. The the problem that we have there um, too much work. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that's why I said uh, yeah. to my brother in the morning when I come here, it's like I'm resting <laughs> because there, yeah, all the time when I come here, I'm very thin and. Uh, people are trying just to feed me to give me a little bit of energy because there, uh, your head is working all the time mm -hmm. and. 
to be pastor in Congo is not like here. Yeah. <laughs> here you have people at least who are educated, who can understand, who can, but there you need to take people from, uh, and uh, yeah, mm. sometimes when you went to the college, you, you have, uh, uh, you understand things there, but you need to go very down to take them and start, and you need to be very patient, you see. And uh, when you are with people, when Pastor Paul came there, I said, <laughs> and he was doing all the job. <laughs> I said, yeah, you, you need also to, yeah, he helped us a lot organizing uh, the very deep teachings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need things like that. Yeah, maybe also if you have uh, um, somebody who is, uh, um, uh, who can teach, mm -hmm. can come and spend um, two weeks, three weeks, one month, it will be very helpful. Yeah, we need spiritual help mm. um, and physical help. Yeah. And one more question, and then we're going to have Pastor Didier break mm -hmm. the word here, but it's for you, Paul. Um, tell me your first impression when you met Didier, um, <laughs> some of the things he did when you met him that you began to understand how kind of man, what kind of man he is, and that he was a kind man. And um, uh, there's a few stories that come to my mind that you told me when I first heard of him came from you. Um, because I want to set this up so he can preach. So we know, you know him better than anybody in this building. So can you tell us just your first impressions of him? Um, well, my first, my first impression was he was a uh, kindred spirit. We were uh, brothers in the Lord, mm -hmm. uh, almost like you and I, uh, which isn't something that you expect to happen from across the world, different cultures, different languages, but, but it, was, it was that way with me. And uh, I've only ever considered him my co-laborer and brother in the work mm -hmm. of Christ and uh, never as somebody to supervise. He calls me a supervisor <laughs> sometimes, but I don't like him to do that. Um, but, uh, but that's because I, I don't feel that way towards him at all. Um, we are trying to do the Lord's work and, and exalt our Savior to men uh, here in North America and in Congo. But uh, I, I don't know which of the things you wanted me to say, but we... We spent some time, uh, I suppose that the thing that I remember uh, clearly is in, in Congo we were often stopped. Uh, in fact, we, we were locked up twice the first week that I was there um, on ideas uh, that we had money and they could get some of it out of us and, uh, and we were in a, um, in a lockup, you know yard with barbed wire around the fence and everything and Pastor DDA was negotiating for our release um, and they wanted a bunch of money and they kept lowering it uh, because we wouldn't pay <laughs> and, and, um, and, and finally he started telling them you know you, you know you're not doing you're not doing the right thing here uh, you know we're, we're men of God and, and God's going to cause you trouble over this. And then, then they started lowering it more and more. <laughs> and, um, and then finally they said, well, would you give us $50, I think, U.S. 
Yeah. I may not remember it exactly yeah. right, but. And, uh, and Pastor Didier gave him the $50, and I, I, I asked him as we left, why did you give him the $50? And he said, um, so that they could feed their families. And uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy place. It's a place where the police stop you um, because they never get paid. And um, they think you might have some money. And you can not give them anything, but that means a lot of their kids won't eat. So um, it, it's, it, it's more than doctrine. <laughs> it's, it's more than, it's ministering Christ. Um, it's way more than just going out there and doing church work. And uh, that, that was the, the thing that I, was struck by everybody in Lubumbashi when we walked around the streets. Uh, everybody knew Pastor DDA. And, you know, I was just sort of trying to uh, not be too noticeable. There are not very many white people there. And uh, I, 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 felt, I felt very, very conspicuous. And, um, but everybody would say, oh, Pastor DDA. And, and they, would, they would talk to him and, and um, and he, he ministers to people. Uh, there's a, probably a million people around Lubumbashi. Uh, we have 400 in the churches, but uh, he ministers to them all in some way or another. So this is how somehow or another somebody could come down out of the bush um, nine hours on a dirt road to ask us to take their, their orphans. So, you know, the, the only thing I would say, Scott, it, just to, to close that off, is um, there, there's absolutely so many wide open doors that I sometimes lay awake at night wondering how we could possibly go through all the ones that I think mm -hmm. God would want us to go through. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's nothing, there's great opposition there, there's spiritual darkness. Yeah. Uh, their sorcery, uh, the government is both our government and theirs, you can edit this out of the uh, tape, uh, have thrown all sorts of obstacles in our way. But uh, yet the Lord just keeps parting the waters and um, there's, there's just awesome opportunities. So we really appreciate you guys praying for us and, and uh, this church gives us uh, an offering every month we're grateful for that and uh, we uh, I, I don't we have no overhead that there's nothing I just want to mention this my, my church uh, lets me do all of this um, on and they pay me you know I'm their pastor and they say now you can you can go to Congo you can do this and uh, and, and we don't care so uh, so I get to work for free for mm. compassion for Congo it's a great privilege mm. and um, that way the money gets to go there and do the work in, in Congo mm. okay. and uh, I wanted to say something I'm from Africa uh, here you can call somebody uh, from his name you can call him Paul but uh, from his age he can be my father and uh, uh, we are a team but uh, I will not feel comfortable to say Paul. Yeah, that's why I'm calling him my pastor and he's my supervisor. 
<laughs> and uh, he's a very humble man, but uh, to me, uh, he has much experience than I, I do. Is, uh, yeah, I respect that so very much. And uh, if he tells me something, I think twice before I say no, uh, mm. because he uh, uh, has experience. And also from my background, African, um, you uh, feel free to keep calling Paul. It's normal here, but we keep free to call him my supervisor and uh, <laughs> my pastor. <laughs> mm. All right, thank you, Paul. Thank you. <laughs>